0: Beautiful setup, thank you. All right, Um, so I'm really excited to be standing here and continuing to build on what's actually been shared because I think there are a lot of through lines to um, kind of pull through, but firstly, a little bit about what I'm gonna be talking about and who I am, I'm Claudette, and this is my first time using a clicker, so bear with me if you can hear it really loud, I'll do my best. So I'm a product manager over at Future Friendly and for those of you who don't know, Future Friendly is a design studio and we work across sectors like government, finance and education. The long and the short, we care deeply about how we can make the everyday products and services that we use just a little bit better. Uh, So a bit about me and why I care so passionately about this, my path into product was actually a little unusual and windy. I'm a lawyer by training and then I cut my teeth working at a startup uh, after I moved to Sydney from Adelaide and then I did a short stint in Washington DC as a Congressional Fellow and then upon relocating back to Australia I worked in the Federal Government where I was focusing primarily on tech policy and programs. And it was really here in um, these contexts that I started to work alongside folks who were deeply passionate and really committed to just delivering great outcomes for the community every single day but it's also where I started to see some of the shortcomings of our current process that doesn't always involve or equally value the voices of its citizens especially its younger citizens so today I'm going to share with you in the first instance why we should be seeking to challenge this norm a vision for how it could be different, and also three plays just to help you get started co-creating policies and programs with young Australians. So just before I set this up, I'm gonna acknowledge that it is a bit of a cliche for someone like me to be standing in front of a slide like this. It shows uh, some pretty confronting statistics, but it also really is important to set up the fact that Young people in Australia are disengaged, they're feeling um, disempowered, and we've heard time and time again that they're pretty disgusted with the political institutions and processes that they have to engage with right now. And as I mentioned, I know that these numbers are really confronting, but they're only telling part of the story because we know that they're overwhelmingly engaged and active in the community. We've seen that from nationwide climate protests. We've seen them participating in the women's marches. We know that they are wanting to make a difference. They want to be involved, but their voices just aren't being heard and they're certainly not being actively brought into the policymaking process. And when they are, It's typically via consultation, and consultation is usually where a decision has been made for someone, and they don't always have the opportunity to meaningfully challenge or input feedback into that decision. So it can always feel a little uh, less effective for the person who's being consulted, and certainly for young folks as well. Or, if it's not consultation, another really common way to bring people into the fold is via maybe an ad hoc workshop. But what you actually see happening there is that government workers are then left trying to make sense of a pile of sticky notes and some sketches of user flows, which is terrific. But you're trying to think, well, how do I actually now turn this into a policy or a program or an initiative? And that was something that I was quite familiar with myself. Hmm. Um, I think we've heard a few times today that I know that this isn't really... New. We've been talking about how we can better co-design with citizens for the better part of a decade but the needle hasn't really moved too much in a meaningful way so I wanted to go out and I wanted to ask why and I conducted just a short survey to better understand what was actually stopping our work from taking root in government. And what started to emerge was that we just have a translation gap at the moment. So when government workers are participating or facilitating in these sessions, it's really hard for them to turn these big, ambitious, divergent ideas into a policy. So what happens is it gets put in the too hard basket and co-designing with citizens is sometimes deprioritized in favour of things like uh, reading reports or setting up uh, roundtables with industry representatives or, you know, A pretty classic favourite, uh, a literature review. These are all really important, but if we maintain the status quo and if we don't actually start to bring folks in who are most impacted by these policies, we're going to risk alienating a generation of young Australians who are most impacted by the issues like housing affordability, like access to mental health and like climate action. So I wanted to just set up and share with you a little bit of a vision that um, I want to help contextualise the plays that I'll share with you in just a moment. So we know that government policy needs buy-in from its citizens to be effective, and what that really means is that the needs are identified by the citizens themselves through processes like co-design, but you know, there's a raft of tools at our disposal, and not just by SMEs who are um, you know, oftentimes a bit removed from the community. All the designers and makers in this room we have a really important role to play to help our work have that lasting impact and that role is helping government make it easier or rather making it easier for government to regularly engage with and also translate the concerns and ideas of young people into policies, programs, services and initiatives. The shift that we're trying to make right now is we wanna move away from a state where it's co-minus design. Uh, So we wanna move away from just community consultation where we're speaking with folks, but we're not actually then turning that into ideas to test with them. I want to reiterate that consultation is absolutely vital. It's a really important first step, but if consultation is all we're doing with young Australians, it can feel a bit passive and also disempowering for the reasons I shared earlier. You're not always able to make change. Your input is not always able to move the dial there. But we also just want to take care that we're not just designing, I think a few um, of our wonderful speakers this morning have highlighted the risks when we just ship things and we're not actually considering the needs of our citizens here. And this really means that our policies are going to be less effective, our services aren't actually going to be solving a real problem. So the shift and some of the plays that I'm going to speak about in just a moment, we want to have both. We want to have community involvement. We want to have that conversation. And we want to be able to translate that into things that we're going to make and test with folks so that we're bringing in that lived experience and really delivering on that better outcome. So what can we actually do about it and how can we get started? Uh, I'm going to share three uh, plays this afternoon. These are ones that I've adapted and used in my own practice, both working in government and now in product with government clients. And each one is going to look at addressing a very specific challenge that we also heard um, both when we were speaking with folks who are working in government, but also as part of that short survey that I mentioned as well when it comes to progressing more citizen-centric design. I'm going to kick off by talking about uh, a policy canvas and how that can be a tool that we might use to feed in those uh, inputs from those workshops and help people refer back to them when they're creating programs and policies back in the machine. I'm then going to move on to the second play, which is all about experimentation and making it real, which we've heard a little bit about today, but focusing on the mindset and just helping people to take that first step and finally sharing it back out with the community. So making sure that we're creating that shareable narrative so that we can relay back, get buy-in from um, young Australians, but also of course making sure that we're sharing it up to decision makers as well. So let's get into it. The first one that I've just called out is the policy canvas and this is a tool that I have used as part of co-design workshops. Um, I really liked how Erin was framing at the top of the morning, you know, uh, this being something that can just help have a high level, uh, frame up a high level understanding. This is actually adapted from the business canvas, which is why that really resonated when um, she pulled that image up on screen. So. This policy canvas works in a very similar way to things like a business, a lean business canvas or opportunity trees. It's really a framework to think through the major elements of a policy. So you can see there that it's just about capturing what's the outcome that we're working towards, what are the benefits for the citizen, what are the benefits for the system, as well as what are the roadblocks and constraints and risks. It's a tool that's best used in the earlier part of the policymaking process, usually when we're looking at defining the problem as part of discovery, uh, you know, to are like a bit more of a common parlance, um, but it's also a great springboard when it comes to developing future solutions. Um, when I was actually creating these slides, I found myself doing a lot of reflection of, you know, some of the challenges that I was experiencing when I was in the public service, and... Too often I found that I was walking away from workshops and I was so energized, but ultimately a little bit confused. I was not quite sure what to do with the sea of stickies in the mural that had been shared with me. And I thought that this was a bit of an outlier, but as I moved into product and started to uh, work with government clients and as part of product coaching as well, we started to see that this was a shared sentiment and that sometimes designing value propositions as well as, as I mentioned, sketching those user flows, although it was really fun, just didn't quite fit their context. So they weren't able to make the leap about how they would use this ongoing. So about this time last year, we were approached to design a workshop series which was all about youth justice and I was really inspired to adapt the policy canvas for the federal government and the state government we have in Australia. So you can see here some steps just about how it works, but I just wanted to overlay the example um, and what we actually did. So we broke up the session where in the morning we were focused on surfacing those pain points, we were focused on surfacing those gaps. And it was an in-person workshop, so folks actually had them stuck around the room and were able to refer back to them as we were moving through the activities. We then invited them to uh, you know, in a pretty classic discovery, flip those pain points into how might we questions or opportunity statements. And we really just wanted them to start stretching how we might actually solve for them and not to get too bogged down in some of the constraints and the risks. But then as the facilitators in the second part of our session, we challenged participants to apply a bit more of a realist lens and to unpack what would you actually need for the initiative that you have been discussing in your small groups to succeed. So for example, what budget might you need and over what time frame? And then we invited them to capture their responses in their groups just on a worksheet, and then we uh, ask them to essentially share it back with the entire room, similarly to how, you know, anyone in the public service, if they wanted to share an idea, might have to do. So really encouraging them to um, apply that more uh, realistic mindset. So I just wanted to show a filled out version. We just had these printed out on tables. And like I said, you can see uh, a lot of similarities between a couple of the canvases um, that you've perhaps used in your own uh, process. But this one's uh, just slightly adapted to get folks to think about what are the types of questions that government workers themselves are actually uh, asking as they're putting forward a program or an initiative. Something that makes this uh, especially useful when thinking about the types of uh, citizens that we really want to start bringing into the fold is that it can act almost as a knowledge sharing exchange where we're helping people to understand what are the pieces, what are the questions that are being considered um, when we're about to uh, you know, develop an initiative or develop a new service. So oftentimes that process is really opaque I myself uh, didn't know too, too much until I actually started working and seeing the sausage get made. And so this is actually a vital tool when we think about how we might further develop civic mindedness and civic engagement. It's it's using things like this to complement those other discovery tools that we have in our toolkit. So when I first started talking about the policy canvas, uh, one of my colleagues actually asked when something like this might be used. And I found myself recounting um, a story when I had joined uh, the federal government and my division had hosted a pitch competition. It was close to budget time and we needed to generate some new policy ideas. Um, And so I found myself in telling her that saying that this play, this canvas would have been ideal because what we actually did instead was very extensive desktop research we looked abroad to other jurisdictions for inspiration we looked at estonia the uk canada america and then we asked ourselves these questions and then we essentially captured this information in a word table to keep as almost like a policy log and looking back i just can't help but think that had we had ideas that we had co-designed with the community that perhaps even we were able to test with some folks after the fact. And that was in a format that was easy for um, public servants and folks who are actually needing to come up with those ideas to come back to, to refine and to iterate upon and to even just use as a bit of a conversation starter when, you know, around those times when we are thinking about policy. Um, This would have been a much uh, stronger evidence base. And this is a pretty nice segue Into the second play that I wanted to share this afternoon and make first mindset. So, Once we've started the conversation with the community, we really want to keep it going. It isn't just about those ad hoc workshops. It's about continuing to engage with young Australians by trying out small experiments and really uh, learning at speed if a service or a policy or an initiative um, might work in the real world, its impact on citizens as well as surfacing those roadblocks and risks really early in the piece. So I know that all of us are probably really bought into the idea of experimentation and a few of the other sessions have acknowledged this very challenge that you can see there. Uh, There's a perception around the organisational time and effort whenever folks are thinking about uh, experimenting and especially prototyping and that can be a little bit of um, a barrier for folks to actually even engage with this. And even when we do actually uh, start testing, it's usually towards the tail end of the policy making process when we're thinking about implementation and service delivery. But the thing I wanted to share, and the example you can see here on screen, is encouraging those who are working in government to uh, really test early concepts with citizens, rather than waiting for perhaps you know a pilot, for example, because even that can still be quite a long time, you know, a year or two from when an actual uh, piece is funded. So the key here that I wanted to bring out was that we need to make bringing ideas to life Feel really approachable and achievable. It's not about organizing really large focus groups. It's not actually about catered roundtables. You know, it can be something very lean and still effective. And it's about communicating that, which is why I wanted to focus on the mindset aspect and building that muscle um, and just having some really easy tools to help folks do that so that they are encouraged to go out and test ideas with young Australians. The example you can see here uh, was one where we just mocked up the landing page that described how a new website was going to work. Um, it was about uh, climate-resilient seeds. It was for a state government in New South Wales. But something that I did actually want to seed, pun intended, was the idea of using um, a Make First Mindset on artifacts of influence within government so this isn't really being done as yet on too wide a scale but we are starting to see it a little bit in um, legal circles but it's the idea of taking a proposed new rule perhaps it's around tenants rights for example which is highly topical and something that is really really important when we're thinking of um, the right to access housing and actually testing for comprehension and starting to actually interrogate, do people understand the language of the rules that are governing them day in and day out? That is still you know, a really valid way to be approaching a test, but it's sometimes, you know, it's not always as glamorous, it's not always as sexy as testing Figma prototypes or something that you can see here, but it's something I'd really urge and encourage everyone to think about how we can do because that is incredibly important. And even just with five people, we can just get some really great learnings. Uh, So, just building on the example I was sharing, I wanted to uh, give a little bit more context because that was one in which we had um, quite significant constraints. We had four weeks to really validate one of our biggest unknowns, which was do people see value? in a digital experience that was going to help them find and plant seeds that were ultimately going to be more resilient to all of the changes in the climate as well as all of the other factors that needed to be uh, considered as part of revegetation. The current tools and frameworks were PDFs, um, online tools as well as, you know, essentially just having institutional knowledge that perhaps had just been shared with you. Um, And we also just wanted to make sure that we were setting it up as a, an achievable test. So we did internal recruitment. We spoke with 10 citizens who were out actually in the field and who were doing this. And we also just made sure that um, we were accommodating and a little bit more flexible in our approach as well. So we wanted to make sure that we were meeting people where they were to ensure that we could still test with, um, with this particular cohort here. The last two things I just wanted to share with you on a make first mindset that is a little bit unique to government is that uh, oftentimes I think we're all really bought into the idea that if we test with five users, that's just enough to get those learnings, and it really it really is sorry all about understanding the why. It's about you know complementing the what with those human stories. But that's not always something that is immediately known. It's something we take for granted quite a lot, especially when you think of the types of data sets that we're used to dealing with, um, particularly in larger institutions like the government. You know, day in, day out, they're working with economists and data scientists and folks who have access to quite large data sets who are a bit more comfortable with quantitative data. So taking time to really explain why we're doing something and the results that we're expecting to see and the learnings that we're expecting to see even just by testing with five people can be really powerful and to help them you know continue that ongoing engagement And the last thing as well that we were able to do um, even though we were doing this remotely because we were testing with all different kinds um, of folks and the client was distributed as well we made sure that we were able to even have a virtual one-sided mirror so we had our teams um, calls and we invited program managers policy officers decision makers to come and observe and it's not just observing the session uh, silently it's you know encouraging them to stay for 15 minutes after the fact um, and join us for a really short retrospective so that they could tell us you know what were the blocks that young people were raising when they were interacting with this what are the opportunities you know what did we want to carry forward and what did we want to iterate on and prioritize given we only had um two two testing rounds to do it so how we often captured all of this this is just a um, filled out version of one of the templates our team was using this in FigJam because we wanted to just have a shared space but this is also something that i found that i had been uh, sharing with some of uh, the people i know who work um, in government just to kind of build that muscle it's all about encouraging um, taking all of this information even from desktop research and just capturing there you can see what's the learning objective what assumption are we trying to test? And then also just making sure that there's space for people to capture, you know, what's the insight, what's the observation that I'm seeing here, and maybe even some verbatim, so those human stories that are going to be really, really crucial when sharing sharing this back to folks um, in different teams as well. So this is just an example to show how something can be lean it doesn't need to be necessarily very complicated you don't need virtual whiteboard tools it can just be something where we're encouraging people to have that kind of hypothesis first mindset and to start testing some of those assumptions no matter where those assumptions um, spring from including sme interviews and desktop research if that is um, the first port of call for a lot of people working in the public service So that kind of feeds into the final play that I wanted to share this afternoon, which is all about creating a narrative. So this is emphasizing the importance of storytelling. So we started by co-designing with young citizens through our workshops. We've now gone and perhaps even done some really scrappy lean testing with five or 10 or 15 citizens to start to validate some of our riskiest assumptions. And we want to now start telling that story. We want to share that widely so we can start to build advocacy and rally people around these really important issues. I don't think it would surprise anybody that lengthy reports are the preferred language of government. I feel confident to say that because I am guilty of preparing a lot of them. But buried within those pages and pages of information is somewhere a description of the problem, uh, footnotes that are linking you to other reports, as well as perhaps a raft of policy initiatives for you to consider, um, kind of woven through. And if you don't actually get all that, don't worry, there's usually a mini-report ahead of the report, which is the executive summary. We love reports. So... This is something that I was reflecting on because there's a misconception that these are things intended for people to use and digest um, within the actual uh, public service. Perhaps there's somebody who is reading it and summarising it and therefore it's, you know, it's a laugh but it's not our problem. But actually citizens are also uh, engaging with these reports. What I mean by that is we have public consultations that are very frequently on foot. We have issues papers that are being prepared and shared and citizens are invited to actually um, put forward their views in quite an unfamiliar format at times and then those views are summarised and shared back in a report that's published on a website. And these are actually intended as a way to be communicating um, with the population and with the community and inviting input. I think a lot of people don't even know that that's what's happening and certainly it's not actually from everything we know now the best way to be engaging with uh, young citizens who perhaps don't even know again that these consultations are on foot. I certainly had to Google a few very recently. So from what I've just shared with you, you can glean that the focus is about gathering information, synthesising it and then sharing back out. It's hard to recall the key messages or the key data or the actions that we need to take because it's just very information-dense. And this is something that compounds over time when we think about that callback to creating advocacy through storytelling. You know, we can't really create that advocacy and rally people if we don't actually know what's the key message, what are those human stories that are underpinning it, how will we actually get there without needing to read something that's quite lengthy. So the other thing I wanted to call out though is that we have, um, much like I said at the top, a really important role and we're in a really lucky position where we can actually work and help to support creating a narrative that's easy to digest and to easy to get across um, in minutes rather than hours. We do it every, every day. I think designers are very effective and compelling at storytelling because we understand the value of bringing in that um, human, uh, human aspect. And this is also, as I mentioned, not just important for when we want to share information up with our decision makers and with other executives, but encouraging sharing back out so that we're closing that loop, so that we are keeping the community informed, that we're keeping the community engaged, and we're not just stopping you know, oftentimes after testing or after we've briefed up to a head of division or a branch manager or somebody in the minister's office. This is how we can really help to um, create that meaningful change by creating more transparency and creating more conversations and letting people know how their input is being used because that's also how we can build trust. The last uh, framework that I just wanted to share for this afternoon before we break for lunch is... Um, A story canvas. I was going to say yet another canvas but this is just a framework. Um, Again, we typically use this in FigJam but I wanted to uh, show this because it is essentially a one pager that has all of the questions that we ourselves work through both as a project team but also with our client. So when we're working with government clients, um, and really with any clients, where we start is with these questions. You can see there that the first is, what's the key message that somebody needs to hear? What's the one thing that they need to remember? This really forces all of us to be very disciplined because I think we all care a lot and we have the tendency to think that everyone needs to know everything, every story that we heard from testing, every piece of data that informed our work. But it's really about being cognizant of your um, reader here, which is why we always start with that. We then have a box for our problem. What's the citizen problem that we're solving for? So after we've really thought deeply about the key message, we want to make sure that we're setting up the problem so that we can then um, really nicely articulate that vision for a better future. Where are we actually heading? And you can see there that we've just got as well the approach. What are the proposed steps in which we're going to take to get there? How will we know if we're succeeding? Which is the outcomes and indicators that you can see. And really importantly, what informed our approach? So that is about bringing back into the story, um, you know, who we spoke with, what were the, the pieces of information that um, kind of that we built upon as well so that we're not starting from scratch. The example you can see here on screen is a one pager that I used when I was working um, in the public service. I was looking at an initiative that was specifically focused on how we might increase the number of um, female identifying folks in the technology sector within Australia. Um, And I just wanted to share this specifically because I was able to have the very good fortune of since joining future Iterate upon this and to actually learn from a lot of my colleagues about how we might Have that one pager to really tell that compelling story and to have that strategic narrative This is something that you know as I mentioned while we're using in fig jam I still will if I am um, you know absent any kind of fancy tools force myself to fill out. The boxes are great. They mean that I can't go outside of it. They mean that I have to be very concise. And so this is also why it's a really great um, tool to start your strategic storytelling, especially if you're using this in an environment where you're presenting to people. We will share this back with our clients and then we also will use this framework to help them actually co-present alongside of us. I think this is one of the last things I wanted to leave you with, which is that Whenever we think about storytelling and we're thinking about creating that shareable narrative, it's really important for those who are you know, tasked with needing to carry this forward to have that ownership, to feel like they can tell the story too. So, if there are opportunities in which they're able to kind of practice and build confidence and share the story alongside of you, uh, having them do it is a really great way, not just to kind of have that capability and skills sharing um, within a project, but also so that they know that if they have to go and present it to their leaders or if they have to go and speak about it, you know, that they've already been able to share it with um, a little bit more broadly as well. So... That just brings me to the last thing that I wanted to share. I know that I'm standing between everyone here and lunch. So I did just want to call out that the three things that I've shared this afternoon, you know, the policy canvas and using that as part of co-design, an experiment mindset, you know, making it real, making things tangible, even if what you're trying to make tangible is something as simple as, you know, a short rule. And also taking all of that information and thinking about what's the story that you wanna tell so that you can create that advocacy, not just up with executives who you might need to get on side, but also out, sharing that out with the community. You know, These might be things that are already in your toolkit, but just adapting them and tweaking them a little bit for this really unique context is what's going to help our work take root and really support that shift from young Australians who are currently just passive participants in the policy making process who are just being you know that idea of designing for and not with is really relevant here we want to shift towards them being you know active partners and active collaborators in the policy making process. So that's all from me thank you so much if you wanted to (laughs) chat let me know. Thank you.